Good morning. Today is Friday, the 31st of May, 2019. The disclaimer that hasn't been as usual lately because I've been skipping over it is that I am Jaka, your regular person host. I am in no way a subject matter expert on liturgy, the Bible, or anything else in the religious theological context. I've got no degrees. The certifications that I have don't apply to this, and I'm just a regular person joining my voice with the many, many others who say the daily office, who use the liturgy of the Book of Common Prayer and supplemental liturgical materials to tap into the great and never-ending song of praise for God and God's creation. And I am thankful that you are here with me. That is actually the thing that I love the most about the daily office is that it's intended for regular people as a part of regular lives. It's not a big fancy service in a church. It is something that I sit here at my dining room table and drink my coffee and say with you, and yet it is beautiful and holy and momentous. Thank you for being here with me. Today is a special feast day in the Episcopal Church. It is the visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. We talked yesterday about how yesterday was Ascension Day, where Jesus ascended into heaven. And um, I think that today it's beautiful that we have kind of the culmination of Jesus's ministry on earth. Um, not the end, but the culmination. Let's be careful there. And um, the visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So when he was in the womb, so kind of like one of the beginning moments of his ministry on the earth right next to each other and to me that's beautiful and cyclical and never-ending and symbolic and all those sorts of things so um i find this book particularly helpful when i'm like what is this thing because remember guys i'm a fairly new episcopalian i've been episcopalian for it'll be four years on pentecost so i still sometimes have a lack of familiarity and if you guys know me at all you know i like to research so an easy at hand reference that I use is an Episcopal Dictionary of the Church, a user friendly reference for Episcopalians, edited by Don S. Armentrout and Robert Bokes Locum. And so, what it has to say about Ascension Day is hang on, I just had it. I'm sorry, not Ascension Day. That was yesterday, the visitation. Please forgive me. I'm a little discombobulated. And you guys are like, when are you not discombobulated, Jaka? So before I read you the brief definition here in the dictionary, I have to tell you that I take particular delight in explaining these kind of heady, difficult to wrap your mind around days to the kids in my Sunday school class. There's something just like really beautiful about the way a child interprets something like the transfiguration was the last one um, that comes to mind when I'm talking about this. And it's just, I don't know, it, it's kind of lovely and magical the way a, a child's mind interprets these momentous events in our faith tra tradition. Um, and I don't know, I think that's pretty cool. So at any rate, what the dictionary has to say about the visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary is 
The Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, records that at the time of the Annunciation, Mary learned her relative Elizabeth was miraculously pregnant. Mary went to visit Elizabeth and greeted her. At this greeting, the child leaped in Elizabeth's womb. Her child was John the Baptist. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She greeted Mary as the mother of the Lord and exclaimed that Mary and the child in her womb were blessed. Mary responded with the song of praise known as the Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Liturgical celebration of the visitation dates from the 14th century. This feast was included on July 2nd as a black letter day in the 1662 BCP, Book of Common Prayer. The visitation is now celebrated as a feast of our Lord on May 31st. All right, so we've basically got like three choices for our morning prayer readings today. So um, I use the Episcopal Liturgical Appointment Calendar, which is really cool because it tells me what the readings are for that day. What it basically does is it uses the lectionary for Sunday. So lectionary readings, the lectionary lists the readings used for um basically Eucharistic services within the church. Then the daily office are those regular people, <laughs> liturgy prayers, so to speak, that we pray together. So because today is a feast day, we've got like three choices. We can use um, the prayers for, or the readings for the visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary as laid out in um the Book of Common Prayer, and you can actually find those on page 923 of the BCP. They are Psalm 113, um, and then hang on, I think I miswrote this one. First Samuel chapter two verses one through ten, Romans twelve nine through sixteen b, and the Gospel of Luke chapter one verses thirty nine through fifty seven. Or we could use. There is a special morning prayer reading from the daily office readings, right, which are different than the readings from the lectionary for a Eucharistic feast, whether that's a Sunday feast or a special feast day like today is. Those are Psalm 72, 1 Samuel 1, 1 through 20, Hebrews 3, 1 through 6. And so I think, oh, and then in my appointment calendar, um, it differs just a little bit. It says Psalm 1, 13 or Canticle 9, Zephaniah 3, 14 through 18a, Colossians 3, 12 through 17, and Luke 1, 39 through 49. And I'm not exactly sure where that comes from. Um, but what I'm thinking is morning prayer. And then because I have the day off, maybe I'll be able to keep my promise about additional prayers today because it seems like 
morning prayer would then follow very nicely or proceed very nicely the lectionary readings for today. For example, we've got 1 Samuel chapter 1 in the morning prayer and then 1 Samuel chapter 2 in the evening prayer or in the lectionary. And then we can follow the whole thing up with the evening prayer. I think that sounds like a pretty awesome idea. All right, so that's what I'm going to do. Our readings this morning, thanks for helping me verbally process, you guys, are Psalm 72, 1 Samuel 1, 1 through 20, and Hebrews 3, 1 through 6. We give you thanks, O God. We give you thanks, calling upon your name and declaring all your wonderful deeds. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. Alleluia. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Come, let us adore Christ. Alleluia. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Alleluia. Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death that he died, he died to sin, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Alleluia. Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Alleluia. Psalm 72. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the needy, and crush the oppressor. 
May he live while the sun endures, and as long as the moon, throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may righteousness flourish, and peace abound, until the moon is no more. May he have dominion from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. May his foes bow down before him, and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the isles render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring him gifts. May all kings fall down before him, and all nations give him service. For he delivers the needy when they call, the poor and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy, and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. May gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually, and blessings invoked for him all day long. May there be abundance of grain in the land. May it wave on the tops of the mountains. May its fruit be like Lebanon, and may people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever, his fame continue as long as the sun. May all nations be blessed in him. May they pronounce him happy. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May his glory fill the whole earth. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, son of Jesse, are ended. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 through 20. There was a certain man of Ramathaim, a Zophite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from his town to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the, on the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to his wife Peninnah and to all her sons and daughters, but to Hannah he gave a double portion, because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival used to provoke her severely to irritate her, because the Lord had closed her, ugh, had closed her womb. So it went on, year by year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Hannah rose and presented herself before the Lord. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made this vow. O Lord of hosts, if only you will look on the misery of your servant and remember me, and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a male child, then I will set him before you as a Nazarite until the day of his death. He shall neither drink wine nor intoxicants, and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. 
Hannah was praying silently, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you make a drunken spectacle of yourself? Put away your wine. But Hannah answered, No, my lord, I am a woman deeply troubled. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation all this time. Then Eli answered, Go in peace. The God of Israel grant the petition you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your sight. Then the woman went to her quarters, ate and drank with her husband, and her countenance was sad no longer. They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah. Elkanah knew his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. In due time Hannah conceived and bore a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I have asked him of the Lord. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. We're just going to use Canticle 15, the Song of Mary, the Magnificat, for all of our transition canticles today. So um, get used to hearing it, I guess. It is a beautiful expression of Mary's faith and love. And um, it's one that was when I was in a time of crisis in my life, my spiritual director recommended that I um, use as a go-to prayer in those times when I was uh, struck by uh, self-doubt and shame particularly. So page 27 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 1. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in you, O God, my Savior, for you have looked with favor on your lowly servant. <coughs> From this day, all generations will call me blessed. You, the Almighty, have done great things for me, and holy is your name. You have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You have shown strength with your arm and scattered the proud in their conceit, casting down the mighty from their thrones and lifting up the lowly. You have filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. You have come to the help of your servant Israel, for you have remembered your promise of mercy the promise made to our forebears, to Abraham and his children forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, brothers and sisters, holy partners in a heavenly calling, Consider that Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. Yet Jesus is worthy of more glory than Moses, just as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant, to testify to the things that would be spoken later. Christ, however, was faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house if we hold firm the confidence and pride that belong to hope. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Let us affirm our faith together. 
with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, <clears throat> suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. We are going to use the healing prayers. Perseverance, my friends. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. God the Father, your will for all people is health and salvation. We praise you and thank you, O Lord. God the Son, you came that we might have life and might have it more abundantly. We praise you and thank you, O Lord. God the Holy Spirit, you make our bodies the temple of your presence. We praise you and thank you, O Lord. Holy Trinity, one God, in you we live and move and have our being. We praise you and thank you, O Lord. Lord, grant your healing grace to all who are sick, injured, or disabled, that they may be made whole. Hear us, O Lord of life. Grant to all who seek your guidance and to all who are lonely, anxious, or despondent a knowledge of your will and an awareness of your presence. Hear us, O Lord of life. Mend broken relationships and restore those in emotional distress to soundness of mind and serenity of spirit. Hear us, O Lord of life. Bless physicians, nurses, and all others who minister to the suffering, granting them wisdom and skill, sympathy and patience. Hear us, O Lord of life. Grant to the dying peace and a holy death, and uphold by the grace and consolation of your Holy Spirit those who are bereaved. Hear us, O Lord of life. Restore to wholeness whatever is broken by human sin in our lives, in our nation, and in the world. Hear us, O Lord of life. You are the Lord who does wonders. You have declared your power among the peoples. With you, O Lord, is the well of life and in your light we see light. Hear us, O Lord of life, heal us and make us whole. Let us pray. Almighty God, giver of life and health, send your blessing on all who are sick and upon those who minister to them, that all weakness may be vanquished by the triumph of the risen Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen.
May God the Father bless us, God the Son heal us, God the Holy Spirit give us strength. May God the Holy and Undivided Trinity guard our bodies, save our souls, and bring us safely to God's heavenly country, where God lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Heavenly Father, watch with us over your children, and hear our yearning that they may be restored to health. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Gentle Jesus, stay beside your children through this day. Take away their pain. Keep them safe. Help them in their fear. Make their bodies strong again and their hearts glad. Thank you for your love which surrounds them always. Amen. Jesus, our Redeemer, Good Shepherd of the sheep, you gather the lambs and carry them in your arms. We entrust our children to your loving care. Relieve their pain, restore in them your gifts of joy and strength, and raise them up to a life in your service. Hear us, we pray, for your dear name's sake. Amen. Gentle Jesus, though we are not worthy to have you come under our roof, you are God's word of healing to us. Be with us now, that we may know your presence in one another and rise up in joy to greet you. Grant this for your love's sake. Amen. <clears throat> Blessed Jesus, living water, solid rock, uphold your children, loose the fetters of sickness, break their yoke of pain, and from this land of affliction, lead them home. Amen. Loving God, your heart overflows with compassion for your whole creation. Pour out your spirit on all persons living with illness for which we have no cure, as well as their families and loved ones. Help them to know that you claim them as, as your own, deliver them from fear and pain, and send your archangel Raphael to minister to their needs. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Merciful God, in your love and wisdom, you know the needs and fears of your people before we can name them. Grant that your children and we who watch with them may be enabled to surrender all their cares to you as you care for them. Give them peace of mind and unshakable trust in you. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Blessed Jesus, in your last agony you commended your spirit to your Father. We seek your mercy for your children, all who are dying. May death become for them as it was for you, a birth to everlasting life. Receive those whom we commend to you with the blessed assurance that whether we wake or sleep, we remain with you. One God forever. Amen. Merciful God, whose son Jesus wept at the death of Lazarus, look with compassion on all who are bound by sorrow and pain through the death of your loved ones. Comfort them, grant them the conviction that all things work together for good to those who love you and help them to find sure trust and confidence in your resurrection power 
Through Jesus Christ, our Deliverer. Amen. In your tender mercies, O God, remember your children who expect or have just received a grave diagnosis. Help them to trust in your goodness and believe that after a time of trial, they shall be established on the firm foundation of your deliverance. Amen. God of all comfort, our very present help in trouble, be near to those for whom our prayers are offered. Look on them with the eyes of your mercy. Comfort them with a sense of your presence. Preserve them from the enemy and give them patience in their affliction. Restore them to health and lead them to your eternal glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Christ, light of light, brightness indescribable, the wisdom, power, and glory of God, the Word made flesh. You overcame the forces of Satan, redeemed the world, then ascended again to the Father. Grant your children, we pray, in this tarnished world, the shining of your splendor. Send your Archangel Michael to defend them, to guard their going out and coming in, and to bring them safely to your presence, where you reign in the one holy and undivided Trinity, to ages of ages. Amen. Blessed Jesus, in the comfort of your love, we lay before you the memories that haunt your children, the anxieties that perplex them, the despair that frightens them, and their frustration at their inability to think clearly. Help them to discover your forgiveness in their memories and to know your peace in their distress. Touch them, O Lord, and fill them with your light and your hope. Amen. <clears throat> God, the strength of the weak and the comfort of those who suffer. Hear our prayers and grant your children the power of your grace, that their sickness may be turned into health and their sorrow into joy. For Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Spirit of all healing, visit your children and your power renew health within them and raise them up in joy according to your loving kindness, for which we give thanks and praise, through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Gracious God, only source of life and health, help, comfort, and relieve your children, and give your power of healing to those who minister to their needs, that their weakness may be turned to strength and confidence in your loving care, for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. Sanctify, O Lord, the sickness of your servants, that the sense of their weakness may add strength to their faith and seriousness to their repentance, and grant that they may live with you in everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Loving God, we pray that you will comfort your children in their suffering, lend skills to the hands of their healers, and bless the means used for their cure. Give them such confidence in the power of your grace that even when they are afraid, they may put their whole trust in you. Through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Strengthen your servants, O God, to go where they have to go and bear what they have to bear, that accepting your healing gifts at the hands of surgeons, nurses, and technicians, 
they may be restored to wholeness with a thankful heart. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Holy One, you do not distance yourself from the pain of your people, but in Jesus bear that pain with us and bless all who suffer at others' hands. Hallow our flesh and all creation. With your cleansing love, bring healing and strength to your children, and by your justice lift them up, that in the body you have given them, they may again rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. O blessed Jesus, you ministered to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. Amen. Lord Christ, you came into the world as one of us and suffered as we do. As we go through the trials of life, help us to realize that you are with us at all times and in all things, that we have no secrets from you, and that your loving grace enfolds us for eternity. In the security of your embrace, we pray. Amen. God, your loving kindness never fails, and your mercies are new every morning. We thank you for giving your children relief from pain and hope of health renewed. Continue the good work begun in them, that increasing daily in wholeness and health, increasing daily in wholeness and strength, they may rejoice in your goodness and so order their lives always to think and do that which pleases you. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Loving God, inspired by your Holy Spirit, those who are afraid of losing hope, especially those for whom we now pray. Give them a fresh vision of your love, that they may find again what they fear they have lost. Grant them your powerful deliverance, through the one who makes all things new, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Giver of all grace, we pray your peace, which passes all understanding, for those who are developmentally disabled. Grant that they may always be sustained in love, their gifts honored, and their difficulties understood that none may add to their troubles. We ask this in the name of the one who comforted those who were troubled in mind, Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Compassionate God, you so loved the world that you sent us Jesus to bear our infirmities and afflictions. Through acts of healing, He revealed you as the true source of health and salvation. For the sake of your Christ who suffered and died for us, conquered death and now reigns with you in glory, hear the cry of your people. Have mercy on us, make us whole, and bring us at last into the fullness of your eternal life. Amen. Father in heaven, By your grace, the virgin mother of your incarnate son was blessed in bearing him, but still more blessed in keeping your word. Grant us who honor the exaltation of her lowliness to follow the example of her devotion to your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, 
one God, forever and ever. Amen. All right, folks, so let's talk about um, the readings. So something significant in Psalm 72, in my mind at least, is that the prayer for the king, and we can see Jesus Christ as the king above all kings, right? I think we can... I don't think we have to go very much deeper into that. I, I think we can all kind of accept that. But the prayer for the king in, in Psalm 72 is that the king have God's justice and God's righteousness, and may he judge God's people with righteousness and God's poor with justice. So there is acknowledgement of God's ownership of justice and righteousness and of the people. All of those things belong to God. And the prayers are for the king to be a good steward of the people and the power of God. And in verse 15, the psalmist asks that prayer may be made for God continually. And I think that that's something important that we forget is that At its best, all of the relation at their best, all of the relationships here on earth are reflections of the relationship with God. Everything from our personal relationships with our immediate families to the relationships of those in power and in government, right? So while I very strongly disagree with the statement that some Christian leaders have made that the president is is elected by divine appointment, I think that that removes free will, which God didn't do. So I do not believe that God puts the president into power. However, as with any relationship, I believe that at its best, the president's relationship with the people the governor's relationship with the governed is a reflection of the relationship that we have with God. And so I think it's important to pray for our leaders. I will, I will say that I personally feel that um, that relationship and those powers have gotten really, really skewed, and we are far away from this ideal right now. I would say that many of the governors on earth are very far away from reflection of the relationship of God and people. However, that does not mean that it's an impossibility. God can redeem anything and anyone, including any relationship. And so I think our prayers are extremely important. I think just as the psalmist asks, we must pray both for the governors and the governed, and I mean that in general terms, not like specific to state governors, continually, all the time, and that the fruit of those prayers is, as verse 16 says, an abundance, people blossoming, nations blessed. And then the reminder in the final verse is that all this comes from God. All the wondrous things in the world come from him, and prayer opens the door. So I would ask that we renew our prayers for those who have responsibilities in leadership and governance, both in this country and throughout the world. Amen.
our Old Testament reading this morning is Samuel. And this is part of Jesus' lineage. Like we're reading into his ancestry. And it's beautiful that that Hannah prayed and prayed and prayed for Samuel. And she received Samuel and she named him Samuel because she had asked him of the Lord. And so the name had meaningship there, or had, had, it, had its meaning um, in that naming. I think also that there is a really beautiful aspect of clearing up of communication, this example where Hannah speaks to Eli. Because Eli is like, is this lady drunk? And he starts like chastising her. And instead of either like reacting back angrily, which I probably would have done, or swallowing it and walking away because he was a person in authority, Hannah enters into the respectful rumble with him, which is kind of amazing because Hannah did not have very much power, authority, or status in this context. And Eli had tons as a priest. He was, I mean, he had tons of power and status. So the fact that she is brave enough to speak back to him and humble enough to do it respectfully is just beautiful. And, and so they come together and they have this discussion and the misconception is cleared up and she goes forth with a blessing instead of a negative assumption. And so I think there are many conversations in our lives that we could mod- model after this conversation between Hannah and Eli. All right, now our reading from Hebrews. So my commentary kind of refers to this as um, a second argument concerning Jesus' superior status. There were, in the context of this time, those who viewed Moses almost in a godlike status himself. And so the writer of this passage is helping to put Moses in his place as a prophet and Christ in his place as God. And I think that sometimes that's a really important distinction for us to make. Those in our lives whom we see both in our past and present as having the spirit of God mightily flowing through them, we can be tempted to see them as God, God's self. And putting those things in perspective is really helpful because deifying any human is setting everybody up for failure. The second message that um, I think is important here personally to me today is that Moses was faithful as a servant, is what this says, and then Christ was faithful as a son. And the beginning verse speaks to, I believe, the relationship that we strive for with Christ holy partners in a heavenly calling. 
I think that's really, really important. I think that there's an evolution from servant to partner to son. And I think our rightful place is as I say this all the time, guys, so bear with me as collaborators, co-conspirators cooperate in cooperation with Christ. As this verse says, holy partners. This is an amazing thing that through God's son, we, the children of God become more than servants or slaves. We are partners. We are partnering with Christ in Christ's work on this earth. And that is a relationship that we are called to that is more than one of servitude. It is truly one of collaboration, one where we enter into cooperation with Christ. And there is none of the we do it freely. We do it in and of our own free will. And I think all of that is incredibly important to remember and liberating as well, I hope. So those are my thoughts on the readings for today. I would like to close us with St. Francis's prayer. You guys know that that's like one of my favorites. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son then when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen. <laughs>